district, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash offers the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? We're back for another monster Monday night tailgate. Happy Thanksgiving to my fellow Canadians up here north of the border. We're uh, celebrating this weekend. I know you guys all laugh, but you know what? It's nice kind of having it early. You know, you might laugh. Do you do you, do you eat turkey on Thanksgiving? I do, I do not. I do not, Theo. You know, I'm a I'm a vegan. But do Canadians fan. in the, in the royal sense? In the yeah, royal yeah, sense. they do. We do. Yeah, yeah. My my in laws had vegan uh, ham. They're Portuguese, so they had the you know the fried fish, the potatoes, all that that fun stuff. So yeah, man, they're good. My mother in law makes us enough veggies and salads, so we're we're good. But um, yeah, what, guys. What, what, is, is there a national dish of uh, Canada for Thanksgiving though? Like what? It, is, most people eat pumpkin turkey, pie. Yeah, pump, pumpkin pie is the main is okay. the main pie. It's it's huge. It's uh, okay. it's my favorite pie. There, but you can go apple pie. There's so many ways you can go. But I would say pumpkin pumpkin pie is like the one you'll see at pretty much every Thanksgiving dinner. I would say up here. You get you guys do pumpkin pie, no? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Do we do we do right. pumpkin exactly. pie? Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll have to do a. We'll bring each other some pumpkin pie one Thanksgiving. We'll do like a a pie off or something. But uh, guys, let's get back to football. Big weekend uh, this weekend, week five. We got another big matchup tonight with the Chiefs and the Raiders. I know I had the, the Vikings Dan in my Survivor. They kept me on the edge of my seat uh, pretty much right until right the end. Man, that was ugly. <laughs> Always do. You picking the Vikings and Survivor is never a comfortable experience. It never is, but you feel good. We're down to thirty teams out of like two ten or something like that. So you know it's pretty good. It's like ten grand a pot, the pot. So I, I, I'm looking forward to. Uh, getting lucky and taking it down. Carson Wentz with another game losing INT at the red zone, just ugly. Carolina fans in the streets right now. Then, I, I, again, I was knee deep in uh, Thanksgiving, but from what I understand, they did fire the coach, right? This is correct, yes. Beautiful, so, beautiful. Yeah. So much to talk about. So much to talk about, guys. Let's get into it. Smash the like, smash subscribe. Mario Puig. Did I say it right or no? <laughs> You you probably said it pretty close. Like it's um I guess it's from like the France Barcelona kind of like border or something. And apparently you pronounce it like Pouge or something. Oh, I but I, I have obviously I go with the I go with the Spanish pronunciation of like Puig usually. I like. But it, uh, they're all right. They're all technically kind of right. It's like the Romeo Romeo uh, dubs or uh, of uh, of fantasy where you can pronounce his name any way you want. They all come out yeah, pretty much uh, I guess all the region you're saying it from. <laughs> right. Yes, if there if there's any uh, mistakes, it's my accent, not not actually my pronunciation. That's the way I tell people. <laughs> <laughs> 
So guys, let, let's jump into it. We're going to flip it around uh, today, Dan. I reached out to you guys before. Just I find we never get to the to the second half of our show sheet. We're going to try something different today. We're going to talk some topics, some more specific fantasy stuff, some stuff going on in the NFL, how it affects your rosters, how you should handle it. And then we'll get we'll, we'll do kind of a rapid fire uh, in the second half as we get through some specific topics. I know Mario uh, took a step away. Guys, how you guys doing? Oh, he's back. Oh, what is this? Who's this? Uh, sorry, my dog started barking, so I had to get her away from the window. We got to get her on camera. Who is this? Yes. Uh, th- yeah, this is Dual Say the Dog. Um, she's a Karen Terrier. Doesn't behave very well, but she's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Karen's. Beautiful dogs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, she's pretty great. Uh, but yeah, sorry to interrupt all that. Yeah. No, no man, all good. All good. We're pumped to have you. We're going to jump into some football. Talking about dogs, Dan, we've got a couple running backs. And, and I'm sure we could probably add to this list. But why don't you start it off with, uh, you know, a, li- a little funeral ceremony that uh, well, you want to do? I, I, I did promise it that we were going to have visitation for uh, Chase Edmonds tonight uh, before the funeral on Wednesday. So um, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that now. And I, f- I figured I might as well go ahead and throw Antonio Gibson in there. I mean, he's he was sort of the walking dead, I guess, you know, and that we, we all knew what was bound to happen when uh, Brian Robinson came back uh, more than likely. But, you know, there, there, I, I guess I held out at least a little bit of hope because sometimes – uh, with a with a running back job, possession is nine tenths of the loss. So, uh, you know, you never know. But uh, yeah, ch- pour one out for Chase Edmonds, man. Uh, it never, we rarely see running backs descend a depth chart as quickly as what we've seen from Chase. Uh, two week, you know, three weeks ago, you know, like at, at week two, he was still leading the, uh, you know, the the depth chart and was getting the majority, not a huge majority, but a majority of the snaps, and then. Uh, it's it's just been getting worse and worse ever since. Until last week, he was down even uh, below Miles Gaskin, uh, believe it or not. So, any thoughts from you guys on Edmonds or L- little know? funeral music for uh, yes. for the running backs for you there? Dan. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised by it, I, especially the Gaskin part. I don't have a, I don't even know what Gaskin does that Edmonds can't do, and uh, I guess that drop touchdown. It, Dropped a couple passes, I guess. So maybe that's maybe that's the main thing that made uh, Mike McDaniel get kind of sick of Edmonds. But it, I, I don't know, man. I think that all those guys are kind of tenuous at best. Like most are pretty good, are doing pretty good, obviously. But he's broken in the past pretty reliably. I mean, he's a former track guy. He played like receiver and kick returner at Purdue. Uh, so he, he's doing good. But I don't know if he's going to hold on to it really. So with like. Edmonds is definitely more um, troubling than Gibson for me, just because he played such a limited amount of snaps. Um, I wouldn't go cutting Chase Edmonds just in case this was something for this week. Um, I would I would not go that far, but yeah, it's it's terrible. I have some Chase Edmonds shares, and right now they look like they're dust. Um, Gibson, you know, he he had like three carries. Um, Robinson had had about nine. Uh, neither one of them did anything with them. Um, they couldn't run the ball at all, um, and but Gibson did still manage a few receptions. I think it's going to be an ugly committee in Washington. Um, but if if any of the three go down, the value of the other the other two will go up. So I think that that's a like we know Gibson can put up uh, fantasy scoring numbers. I, I think for now you have to put him on your bench, but I don't think he's the worst asset to have. We don't we don't know where it's going in Washington. Uh, they've got some issues. 
JD McKissick really is the the probably more of an issue for me than Robinson because McKissick had five catches last this past weekend. Um, so that kind of limits Gibson. So he's basically limited in both ways. It's it's definitely not a good scene, but it's not quite as troubling for as Edmonds to me. Yeah, both both these offenses in the bottom five right now, right? In in rushing yards with uh, Washington at twenty eighth with eighty nine averaging, and then and then Miami at eighty two point eight. So in the bottom, uh, do we see improvements coming, guys, or is this kind of stay away? Just Robinson's uh, I, coming in. Is that is there hope there in Washington with with Robinson coming in? If I can uh, speak, I think it's uh, a little interesting that Robinson didn't seem to do any passing down stuff. It's like Gibson was effective as a pass catcher in, on Sunday's game, but uh, McKissick, like like you guys are saying, he's, he's still playing a ton of snaps, got seven targets. And uh, I don't know, I'm biased against McKissick. You might already know this. I don't think he's any good. I think he's just uh, empty calorie production. And even so many of his catches yesterday were these – uh, after like penalties, after like a holding penalty or something, and it's like third and seventeen, and he's the kind of guy who gets a seven-yard catch on a play like that. And uh, we want Gibson to get the, we need Gibson to get those plays to be fantasy viable. Uh, it's just, it's really frustrating because to me, it seems like Gibson's pretty clearly the most, most talented of the group, and even a better pass catcher than McKissick. But Scott Turner seems to just love McKissick and uh, kind of won't let him go. So I could actually see Gibson's playing time getting even worse yet because. Um, like if if they if they want to get Robinson going as a pass catcher, it seems like it's going to be Gibson who gets pinched before McKissick. If uh, the most recent game is any indication, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. How do how do you feel about the uh, situation in Miami? Are you um, are are you bullish on anybody there, or are you just calling that one a stay away as well, Mario? Well, Moser can run. It seems like I mean he's he's looking pretty good as a runner. It's just. Um, I don't know if he can really get much going as a pass catcher other than an occasional screen setup or something. And he's probably like 195, something like that. Like I said before, he's a former track guy at Purdue. Just isn't really built to play 20 carry running back. So I worry about Mostert getting like, you know, some kind of shoulder thing or pulling a muscle in his legs, whatever. But uh, he's never carried a workload like the Dolphins appear to be prepared to give him. So. I think he's got the ability. I just don't know how long he can, you know, burn before he before he starts to get some difficulties. And uh, Gaskin kind of already was a dud last year. So if it's not Mostert and it's not Edmonds, I doubt anybody's doing anything. But obviously, Edmonds is looking uh, pretty non-viable himself. Yeah, Tyree Kill in a walking boot. That offense could kind of go south pretty quickly without the threat of Tyree Kill. Um, they were doing so much with him. If he misses even some time. Uh, that that could be a, that could be a little bit of a mess. Well, Mary, Mary and I were talking about just the quarterback position in general. I brought up Tua. I mean, that was kind of you know a new addition to to maybe a nice quarterback piece, especially in super flex leagues. And now that's just gone, you know. And and we're just seeing this kind of these quarterbacks either kind of up and down in the middle, or you know, seeing an injury like this uh, with Tua. Hopefully, he's back soon. But uh, you know, we need we need a bit help at quarterback right now. I think in a lot, in a lot of cases, unless like we said, Mary, you have those Lamars and and Mahomes uh, on your roster. Yeah, I hope Tua can come back soon. I I, uh, I I really don't think he's that good or anything, but he showed he can make it work. You know, and and, and McDaniel, I think is it's too early to know what what it's going to turn out like for him, but I think he's doing a good job. You know, a lot better than a lot of first year coaches tend to do. So. Uh, McDaniel might be able to kind of 
help everybody out with this play calling. And if, if Tua can just get back on the field, Hill and Waddle should do the rest. Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty impressed with uh, McDaniel as a play caller. I mean, you know, he's 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 funneling the the ball through his best assets basically. And uh, you know, one of you know, you kind of hate to say it if, if you have a lot of Edmonds, but uh, you know, it, being able to not you know get get into the sunk cost fallacy of well, we yeah. paid him a lot of money, so we're just going to keep putting him in there and using him to the detriment of our team when we know we have better options. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that shows some intelligence on the part of uh, McDaniel as well. So, Not as good on the concussion management, I guess, but yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully he figures that one out. It's, it's amazing how something like that brings attention to football up here because it's like I'm, I'm at Thanksgiving – my my in-laws and my brother-in-law never talks football. He's like a, you know every other sport guy. Talking to a like he's like he's watched them play for years. You know, <laughs> talking Miami concussion protocols like he's been following football for decades. You know, so it, it's funny what things will bring attention to, to certain sports. Yep, for sure. So what uh, what. What do you guys think about uh, the Colts, Rams, and Broncos? I mean, obviously they're broken right now. Are they permanently broken uh, for 2022, or do you think any of them can write the ship? Uh, Mario, what's what do you uh, have to they're, say? they're they're all looking pretty bleak. I guess the one thing is uh, in the Rams' case, I don't know how they're going to do it, but if if they get some people who can catch passes or or block too, I guess they could also use some of those. But uh, if they could just get some more players. Van Jefferson returning would help. Um, just getting somebody to do something other than Cooper Cup would would mean a lot to that team. And you know, McVeigh probably deserves some benefit of the doubt, and uh, Stafford, of course. Um, I think we can bank on them figuring something out if they could just get a little more to work with. And uh, in the case of the other two, I don't know if there's anything to be done. Uh, I and I guess to be fair to Russell Wilson, I mean, I. That, that right shoulder thing, if, if it's a real injury that he's dealing with, that can't have been easy to play through and uh, can't be easy to play through going forward. So he's, he's got a bit of an excuse. But uh, in the Colts' case, I, I, it's more like they don't really have any excuse. They just kind of they kind of seem toast to me. Do you, do you think that's a Matt Ryan problem, or is it just kind of a, the offensive scheme? Or what? I think there's a lot they could do better, but it's, it's like it kind of is a Ryan thing. Like, even if I think the Colts' offense isn't run optimally, it's like we know that if they had a really good quarterback, it would, it would be okay. It would be something a lot better than what Ryan has been doing. And uh, with that said, I, I do find some of Frank Reich's play calling scheme tendencies a little strange. Like uh, those first three weeks, they were making Mo Ali Cox bl- uh, block a bunch, and we're tr- trying to give all the routes to Kylan Granson, just trying to get Kylan Granson to get going because they just sort of they just decided. Well, Kylan Granson's a pass catcher guy, so we got to make him productive. And Mo Ali Cox, he can block, uh, so we're going to make him block to to get Granson going. And then in that game, uh, the the Broncos game, like Matt Ryan's getting pressured from the right side almost literally every single snap, and they're not putting a tight end over there. And when they do put a tight end over there, it's the rookie who isn't even supposed to be a good blocker yet, and Kylan Granson, who's never supposed to be a good blocker. He's supposed to be like a fullback pass catcher type. So that, little things like that drive me insane, but I guess 
it probably doesn't mean that much for you know wherever the Colts' offense was headed. They just they just don't have enough talent at, at a crucial positions and, and the offensive line, especially Matt Pryor, the the right tackle. It's like you just can't really run an offense when a guy's playing that badly. But just the same, they should be trying to fix it, and they didn't really that entire game. They kind of just let them keep getting whooped over and over. Right. Yeah. What What about Jonathan Taylor? Do you think? Um... His struggles were more based on the offensive line, or uh, do you think he he probably had you know like that foot injury before? Uh, I, the, the high ankle thing is concerning. I don't know how. I mean, he's one of those guys too that puts a ton of torque on his feet when he when he does that turning up field like he does. So hopefully, hopefully that thing doesn't linger. But I I think Taylor is the kind of running back who even if he has some kind of like you know down drives, down games. By the end of the year, he'll probably correct the numbers. Not not like five yards of carry correction, but uh, get it up to like at, at worst 4.4 or something like that. Uh, the frustrating thing would be with a quarterback struggling like Ryan and with the offensive line struggling as it is, the fact that the Colts just aren't scoring points in general, that's going to make Taylor really big play dependent, I think, because it's you, you, you could say touchdown dependent, but I guess it's like why would they – or why would we have reason to know or think that they're going to reliably get into scoring range? It seems like that's Taylor gets them to scoring range if they get there. And, and he has that big play ability where he can kind of run from anywhere on the field. So I think he'll make those plays because all he really needs is a, is one gap in the defense to get there. But he's also going to have a lot of stretches where he puts up like 50 yards on 20 carries. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I have concerns with all, all three offenses. Um, I think that a healthy Jonathan Taylor and the emergence of, of Alec Pierce, I have somewhat of a little bit of hope for, for the Colts. Pierce looks awesome. Pierce looks tremendous, and I think that he's a he's 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 fighting for every single ball, and he's winning at different levels of the field. And if you have him out there with Pittman and Taylor, I think at least they can be functional. Um, the Rams' offensive line is extremely concerning. Akers had 33 yards rushing. For whatever reason, they went away from Darrell Henderson. He didn't get one rushing attempt. It's, like, super weird. They And they gave Henderson, like, five targets. So they're very imbalanced with what they're doing with their running backs. I wonder if we're going to see some sort of a change there with another running back worked in. Like, they, they scream to me like a team that should be going out there and trying to get an offensive lineman through a trade and potentially a running back. Um, but right now, I think if you have Cup and Higby – you're super happy because you know exactly what to expect every single week. Um, so I think we should just kind of lower our expectations for, for the teams. Um, but I think we have we can at this point realistically know what we have with our fantasy assets, and there's something to be said with that. And don't play Matt Stafford. <laughs> Dan, if I told you in August that these three offenses would be 29th, 30th, sorry, 29th, 31st, and 32nd in points scored per game, uh, I mean, these are three offenses. I know the three of us, as many were, were investing in quite a bit. It's, it's, I'm, I think at this point, when the offense is this bad versus the rest of the league, you're going to see a lot of different things being tried. You know, these, some of these coaches, especially the, the Colts, I mean, these guys are on the hot seat. You know what I mean? They gotta, you, you see that Thursday night game. You don't think the ownership is embarrassed after that game, uh, you know, with the investment they put in this team. Matt Ryan doesn't work. You're going to see heads roll in Indy, especially after this is like the third attempt at this kind of kind of move. I'm I'm up here. If anyone follows hockey, the Leafs used to do this all the time: get guys past their prime, 
bring him in, celebrate like they won the Stanley Cup and wouldn't even get to the playoffs. So, you know, you, you, you hope that's not the case and these all three of these offenses turn around. But like we said, the, the bright side is you got a narrower target tree now in, in L.A. And uh, maybe you got some bylaws in Dynasty with these three offenses. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I, I, I think in the, uh, the chat, uh, Harry Snowman uh, said it the best. You know, JT took off the first practice, practice of his career the week before he was injured. Uh, you know, I, to me, it seemed like there was something wrong with JT before um, the injury occurred in week four. And so hopefully he will take enough time off to get it right. I mean, I think the worst thing that could happen is he hustles back and he's, you know, he continues to perform like he did the first couple, three weeks. Uh, you know, it just in general, after that first week, things were not good. So uh, as, as fantasy owners, please, JT, take as much time as you need. I'd rather get you back healthy than uh, have some kind of dumbed down version for sure. All right, how about the big news of the day? Yes. Hit it, JD. Oh, Carolina. What what do we think, guys? Are we are we celebrating? I know I know the fans are celebrating uh in Carolina, but in Fantasyland, how does this immediate, you know, kind of for 2022 right now? How do you see this playing out, Mario? How do you see this playing out for if you're holding guys on on uh, on your rosters uh from Carolina? What what's a ripple effect here? Well, uh, I don't know how much the team might have been quitting on rule. I, it wasn't obvious to me whether they were just, you know, bad for talent reasons or if they could have played a little better than they were. Uh, Steve Wilkes is the interim, I think. So he's, uh, I don't know, he's got a bad track record as a head coach. That's safe to say. But it, it was also that one doomed year with uh, Rosen in Arizona. So maybe, maybe he, uh, maybe he is their next coach. Maybe not. But it's. It's kind of hard for them to. It's hard for me to imagine them playing uh, worse for Wilkes than they did for Rule. Like you, you, they might want to, you know, they might identify a little more with Wilkes because uh, uh, Rule, uh, especially especially that comment he made about. Um, I guess he was trying to paraphrase what Baker Mayfield was saying, but that one comment about like the, the offensive line has to block better and the receivers have to get open and stuff. Like, man, if you're gonna blame multiple position groups of players like that when um, it's like clearly Mayfield that's the problem it's like that that couldn't have been uh, DJ Moore looked irritated enough I guess in that one clip so uh maybe DJ Moore at least is happier to play for Wilkes than he is rule and uh, DJ Moore I know it's been a dud year but that's one of those guys that's really tough to bench no matter what's going on with his team like Robbie Anderson it's easy to bench I think but uh DJ Moore and he had, especially after that one year he had at Maryland where they had like their uh fourth string quarterback who was a linebacker throwing to him and he's still was putting up big numbers like he's, he's actually made it work with really bad quarterback play pretty much his entire career so maybe that can get going at least and I, I guess the bigger thing is um whatever happens with Christian McCaffrey I mean if uh I, I don't remember who it was somebody was reporting that the the Bills apparently reached out to the to the Panthers again about McCaffrey so needless to say if he went to, to Buffalo that would be a, a quite momentous transaction and uh McCaffrey's investors would probably be happy to see it. Yeah, it's um for DJ. The, so I get the argument. Uh, a lot of people have been hitting, my, hitting me on Twitter. I was very excited to see Matt Rule go. Um, and the whole point of McAdoo still going to be involved with the offense. They still have problems in the quarterback position. I get that. But I think when there's a big change, 
the co- the coaches that are given the opportunity to to have an interim label still have self preservation with their careers. So you're you're going to see a, a potential change offensively in terms of maybe the players who are getting targeted, maybe a little bit of a tempo change. We. We, we will see a few changes. I'm pretty confident in that. It's not going to be the exact same thing week in, week, week out with a new coach. Uh, in terms of DJ Moore, yeah, I mean, it, it has to get better for, with DJ Moore. Um, you know, I would love to see P.J. Walker or one of these guys get, a, get an opportunity with him. It looks like Baker is going to miss some times. Baker looks horrible out there. So, I mean, I think going to a different quarterback is, is going to help him. Um, DJ Moore is a guy we've seen have success for the last few years. Uh, obviously, he's he's been a dud in fantasy this year, but like Mario, I, I believe in his talent. And then CMC, yeah, that's going to be a big, big, big storyline to look at because um, if he gets moved, it's like a ripple effect. If he goes to Buffalo, you don't necessarily love that. If you're a want to have another Buffalo Bill, you hate that if you have Devin Singletary. But if you have some of these wide receivers, um, Chris McCaffrey would would demand targets in the passing game that might go to a Stephon Diggs or an Isaiah McKenzie or someone along those lines. There's all kinds of ripple effects, but I do believe that McCaffrey is going to be the one potential domino that would get moved. It seems counterproductive to me to move a DJ Moore. He's 25 years old. I know he got the, he had the big contract, but a 25 year old receiver who's had this kind of track record, I just don't see them moving him. Oh, they'd be crazy to trade more. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, you know, he's, he, and, and and they just signed him to uh, an extension. Was it last year? Um, yeah. You know, so so more more is under contract for about three more years, I believe. After this, uh, you know, and and the terms of the contract are not that egregious either. So you know, I think there's a good chance that you can play it out for sure. And if you move them, it's just like Tennessee. You move AJ Brown, you have to use a first round pick on a replacement, or you mm-hmm. have to go spend money in the market. And the wide receiver market uh, is going in fuego. All those guys are getting paid now. So go pay a Christian Kirk when you already have a DJ Moore. It doesn't make sense to me either. So, Yep, totally. Okay, let's, uh, let's, let's switch gears. Let's talk uh, the 2021 quarterback class. Uh, you know, we're 22 games into their careers. Uh, you know, you can say what you will about, uh, well, I guess Trey Lance is nowhere near that. But, uh, you know, you can, you, you can say what you will about uh, any of these guys. But, uh, Mario, what are your thoughts on the 2021 quarterback class now that we've seen them in action for a while? Yeah, so I had, the, I think I had them ranked. I know I had Lawrence one, and I think I had Lance two. It was it was either him or Fields. I had Mac Jones fourth and Zach Wilson fifth. So um, that, that's not because I truly like disliked Wilson as a prospect or anything. He was just to me kind of more like mid to late first rounder, basically where Mac Jones went and. Uh, not, you know, a top five pick, but uh, I've been a little, I know it's a small sample. I, I was hoping to see a little bit more to this point, uh, all the same from Wilson, because I just think he has a, a pretty good playing situation, offensive line aside. I know they've, they've had a lot of injuries and issues on the offensive line, but those three receivers are really good. They got Conklin and Azoma, tight end. The two running backs are good. And uh, if, if the last couple of weeks are any indication, it's like Wilson's still not really getting anywhere, which is kind of concerning to me um mac jones i think is pretty limited but i i I think he's he would be good in an offense that was well built like i think mac jones would be a lot better in the jets offense than wilson has been 
even though I don't think Mac Jones can carry a mediocre offense like the Patriots. Uh, Fields, I, I think it's a little bit uh, too much panic with him. I, I only say that, I guess, is because the, the Bears' offense is so bad. I don't think necessarily any quarterback would do well there, and I definitely don't want to judge a, a second-year young quarterback in a situation like that. Uh, like The team's even barely trying to play, barely trying to compete, so... I have to assume any quarterback in that context is struggling. And uh, the will, the one thing I'll say about Fields, though, is I think he's got the same issue now that he did coming out, which is that although he's got you know great size, prototypical size, great arm, very accurate passer, too. I don't know how many people know that. You look at his ugly stats as a passer, and you might think, like, oh, man, he must, he must miss a lot of throws. And I think he's actually very accurate. But there's a processing like hiccup that he's always had where he – at Ohio State, it was fine because guys would get really obviously wide open, and then he'd make that perfect throw because he knew where to go with it. In the NFL, that same throw, you have to make it kind of blindly. You don't get that obvious, the guy is wide open moment. You have to you have to just kind of cor- correctly guess that he's going to get open, and you got to let it rip before it's totally obvious. And Fields too often holds on to the ball through that and you know tries to run. In the NFL, it doesn't work quite as well as it does at Ohio State either. So... I think he just needs his process kind of like streamlined a little bit, like a, a very uh, flow chart, like read progression in an offense. And I, I think his tools could play up a little bit more in that case. But, uh, um, well, there goes dual say, sorry about that. Um, no worries. So uh, I think fields can get better. Like I, I think a guy can kind of just develop that sort of thing with enough time, but uh working with the bears, they might break him before he gets to that point. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, Lance have no idea. I, I thought um, his play was totally inconclusive. Obviously you would have liked to see him play better before he got hurt, but don't know what to make of it. We knew he was going to be really raw. We knew he was young, even for an underclassman. We knew he didn't play the, the last year that he would have played due to COVID. So he was a one year starter from North Dakota state. He's also younger, even uh, young, even for a third year declaring guy. So I, I think he's going to be good, but admittedly that's all faith at this point. Like we, we got nothing to work with with him. Um, and Lawrence, I am still very confident is going to be awesome. I, I think he makes so many plays that very few quarterbacks can. Obviously, that's something that he he needs to um, he need, he needs to realize that uh, while he can do things that very few quarterbacks can, he needs to he needs to first learn how to do sort of the basics, the fundamental stuff. Uh, he really likes to let things rip, and I think in time he'll develop the judgments of, of when to more selectively take his shots, and, and right now he doesn't have it. Uh, also, he doesn't have that much help. Like Christian Kirk was uh, – maybe, maybe that signing works out okay. Zay Jones wasn't bad, but Zay Jones-Marvin Jones is a pretty bad starting outside receiver combo. They're using Evan Ingram pretty much the same way that Jason Garrett did, which I hate, and I don't understand it at all. Um, so Lawrence <laughs> – Lawrence, I think, will get there, but yeah, until they until the Jags get better receivers, uh, until they get ETN going more as a pass catcher, uh, Lawrence is going to have some of those games where he just makes some of the most you know puzzling turnovers, just puzzling missed plays, uh, and, and I'm I'm always going to be tantalized by the upside, so it's going to be hard for me to uh, you know ha- have the restraint to, to not buy in until he's actually ready to go. I keep, I keep, I keep getting in early. Cause I, cause I, I just see, I think I see this potential and I still think it's there, but yeah, he's, he is a bit wild in the meantime, obviously. I would have had, I had Lawrence, then I had fields, then I had Lance Jones and Wilson. 
Um, I, I, I'm a little disappointed in the class as a whole, though. Yeah. I thought that we would see more fantasy success from these guys. Um, you know, I get it with, with Lawrence. I have a good amount of Lawrence in Dynasty, but I thought I'm, I'm not seeing, you know, him being like I thought for, for Lawrence would be like a like a potentially top five quarterback. I think he's going to end up settling into something like a, a guy that we consider a QB one in fantasy that never really kind of hits that top five ish, um, you know, fantasy asset uh, level fields. I guess I'll give him the mulligan. They couldn't have done worse with the with the talent surrounding him. Um, and then Wilson Wilson's been a little disappointing because I think that they actually have loaded up the team with options around him, and we're we're just not seeing it. So uh, I'm just a little underwhelmed with the class as a whole. Uh, Dan, what's your thoughts there? Yeah. So uh, you know I'm I'm disappointed with the situation that Fields is in because I I had actually Fields over uh, Trevor Lawrence. I know I was one of the very few people who who said that. Uh, I had Zach Wilson very comfortably fifth in the class. I actually had um, Mac Jones third, Trey Lance fourth. Uh, you know, with with Trey Lance though, I mean, it was just more of he's he was such a black box. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we just didn't know. You know, the, we saw the tools and all that kind of stuff, but you just, you know, he, he hadn't done enough at the college level to really get a really good idea of, you know, what kind of a pro he would make. And we're still in the black box stage with him. So, you know, I, I, I really don't know how to uh, analyze Lance at all. But, uh, you know, if I, I think if Fields had been in, you know, like the situation that, uh, you know, Zach Wilson or you know, even Trevor Lawrence was in, he would be looking a lot better. Um, but it's, it's just so hard to say right now because none of them have really been in that great, great of a situation other than, uh, Zach Wilson, who I think has, has kind of showed that, um, you know, when you're, when you're not playing as strong a competition in college, um, it, it does tend to show up in the pros that, uh, you know, if you don't really have all the, the tools there, uh, you know, he's got the arm strength and everything else, but I think between the ears, he's just not processing the right way. <laughs> shout out to 1912. Shout out to the chat, guys. Smash the like. We love having you guys in the chat. Love the comments. Um, let, let, Dan, let's skip the night. Let's go to the, the let's go to the rookie receivers. We're talking 2021 class. Let's talk rookie receivers here for for a minute. Yeah, for sure. So, Mario, what do you think? Uh, out of the rookie receivers, we've seen a few games out of all of them. Uh, which two do you think are going to make the biggest impact over the remainder of this season? Yeah, I guess uh, we got to see what's going on with Olave and his concussion and uh, maybe even the, the quarterback situation in Atlanta might get reviewed in the case of Drake London. Don't know which way that would head. Don't know what it would mean, uh, even if they if they did make a switch to Ritter. Uh, I think it's, it's tough because I, I, this is a really, really strong class, and it's looking like pretty much everybody in the first round anyway was a hit. Like I know even Burks – has that toe issue obviously so that's going to kind of throw him off especially being turf toe that that one is a tough one uh but for, for all the talk about how he was kind of not getting his routes learned and not not getting in the right spots in practice or whatever which was apparently a problem at arkansas you could see the talent i think when he was on the field so it's like if he's a bit immature or something and he's not doing work at a super professional level yet that's a, not surprising, and B, totally forgivable, especially if he's if he is actually as talented as he looks. So, um, 
don't mean to skip him or anything or even Dotson, who I think is very good, but uh, it seems like it's probably Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Drake London. And, um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, tough because they, they all seem so great, but it's, it's tough to see how much help uh, they're going to get. And uh, other than that, uh, other than them, I guess it's like you go all the way down to Alec Pierce, uh, and Romeo Dobbs, and I, I don't want to skip Shakir either. I, I actually really like Shakir, and I, I think he was a huge steal for Buffalo. Uh, I think Shakir should have been in the second round, not the fifth. Uh, so those those guys, a uh, lot of, lot of good names in this class, and I have no idea who's going to be like the best or anything. There's there's a lot of quality, uh, and, and some guys that are good. I think that I haven't really had the chance to show it yet either. Like maybe even Tyquan Thornton. Oh, and I love George Pickens. I just um, I don't really trust that offense enough to, to go with him uh, the same way as some of these other guys. <laughs> so shout out to 1912. Yeah, I, I do. I, I wrote about Wandell again um, in my waiver wire uh, column that I think dropped or drops tonight. Um, I just think that the Giants are such a mess at wide receiver that he's going to get thrown into the, into the slot. Immediately. I like yeah. I think like he's going to, I think he'll be a guy that you'll want to roster in fantasy. Again, I think they're, they're slightly limited by Daniel Jones. Jones uh, passed for like 200-something 200, 200, uh, yards this week, and it was a season high. It's very much a running offense. But Wandell could be a guy that could live on low A dot, um, you know, PPR scoring. Um, I think Romeo, Romeo Dubes is a, is a name that could be very impactful as the season moves along. Uh, Christian Watson has the hamstring thing. It seemed like they were trying to get Christian Watson going. They did manufactured runs for him. Um, it seemed like they wanted to get him in the mix, but without him there, you know, Randall Cobb had a ton of targets this weekend. I don't see that lasting. Like, I think Romeo Dubes could be could be useful. Um, he had a there was a deep pass to him that that I believe he drew a penalty on. Um, that if he, that would have connected, it would have made his stat line look a little better. But the name the the name for me is Alave. Alave is a guy. Dan and I have on a couple of rosters and uh, I'm a big fan of his. And I think that any week he's, he's available. He's a starter for you. He's shown that he has a massive upside, you know, like if you're into air yards, um, which I am, Chris Alave is, is, you know, could, could end up having a couple of smash games down the stretch. And he's also done it with multiple quarterbacks, which I think is impressive for a young player. Um, and then I'm also curious to see what Traylon Burks does down the stretch, because I think he's just like sitting in the weeds there now on the IR, um, I think him and Jamison Williams, it'll be interesting to see how they do down the stretch. It's a, it's a very, very good class. Um, Drake London, I'm a big fan of his, a big fan of the talent. I don't like Arthur Smith. I don't like what they're doing. I don't. I, it just makes me annoyed every week. Um, but Garrett Wilson, it's sort of a – we're waiting on Wilson, the other Wilson. But he's still like third in, in routes run on the Jets. It doesn't make sense either. Um, so I'll go with Chris Olave. I think he's your safest player, but there's a number of other guys that are that are going to be fantasy viable down the down the stretch. Re- real quick, Mario, any any hope for Sky Moore? Dan and I might want to know. I like Sky Moore. I just think it's tough for a guy like him to start fast as a rookie, especially after they go out and sign Juju and Valdez Scantling and even Hardman having three years of advantage on him. It's not easy to, as a rookie coming out of Western Michigan, an underclassman out of Western Michigan. Let's push him aside, but uh, Sky Moore is really interesting because he was super productive in college, and there's not many guys who are built as dense as him that are as explosive as him. Like he has like that one four seven second ten yard dash or something that's like 99th percentile. 
And then you look at his height and his weight and those percentiles, this is a good thing. His height percentile is a lot lower than his weight percentile. So he, he's built like a, like a little you know, torpedo and he, and he, he moves like one. I think if he just gets a little more seasoning, he's, he's going to have his day in that offense. I just don't know if it's this year. All right, Dan, are you cool? We do, uh, do a quick rapid, rapid fire with Mario before we, uh, close this yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. You'd run the show. All right, let's do, um, your biggest fade right now, Mario. Uh, God, I mean, I guess, uh, Antonio Gibson c- comes to mind. Uh, it's it's hard to think of somebody who's, who's got more of a difficult uh, obstacle in front of them in the meantime. Anyone you're excited to get in your lineup right now? Uh, I I do want to. I got a couple, I guess, uh, like Wandale teams and uh, like like Theo. I do have some hope for him, uh, but I guess uh, the main guy that I'm waiting to see get going it, it has not been um, out of my lineup. I've had him in my lineup the whole time, but. I'd like to see Travis Etienne get going a little bit more. I think uh, Doug Peterson kind of messed up letting the Jags throw 47 times or whatever it was in that game. Like you better have good receivers, like well above average receivers, if you're going to throw the ball 47 times. And uh, I think I think they got to get Etienne going. But admittedly, I, I thought they would have done it by now. Mario was big on Etienne as a prospect too. I remember that Mario. So I still love we, him. I just yeah, I, 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 I thought too, it would man. happen me sooner. Too. Yeah. Guys, KC favored by seven. Dan, I don't know if that line's still there. I'm just reading off of your, your little note you have here and that the over-under at 51 and a half. Let's go around and close it out. Mario, who do you have in this game? How do you feel about it? I'd say the Chiefs and probably the under, uh, to cover with the Chiefs and probably the under. Uh, Derek Carr has struggled quite a bit against the Chiefs, and I, I would have to imagine going to Arrowhead has some of his worst games in that sample. And I think the Chiefs' defense is a little better than last year. At least the pass rush, I think, is pretty good. And uh, it's, it's just tough to play at Arrowhead if you're not from there. You got a, a little hot take underneath there, uh, you know, making a comparison with uh, CMC's rookie season. Uh, Theo liking that. He's liking that. With, with I love the, it. I love it. Shout out to Sleepy sure CJ. So. Theo, how do you feel about tonight's game, buddy? A big, big uh, divisional matchup in the West. Give me the Raiders plus the points. I think we get an exciting game tonight. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. I'm going to talk my, I'm going to talk my fantasy sweat into existence. I'm going to talk it into wins. Thirty-one twenty-eight Chiefs tonight. Oh, all right. So you're you're taking the over there as well for sure. Taking the over, and I'm taking the Raiders. (laughs) All right, Dan, how you how you playing this tonight? I I, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I, I do think they'll cover, uh, but I, I am going to go with the over on this. I, I, th- I think it's going to be more like, um, call it 38 to 28, something like that. I I'll see the, the, the over-under moved to 51. Uh, so what, what did you have it at, 51 and a half? So it's, it's going yeah. down. I'm going to take the under, and I'll take KC to cover. All right. Mario, it has been a blast as usual. I wish we could we could go longer with you. Uh, this is your third appearance. I promise you I'll get your name right the next time you come on. Oh, you got we it hope, right. We hope that you, you do join us again. Remind the peeps where all your goodness can be found uh, before we close this out, brother. Yeah, it's all at Rotowire. Right now, just do the, the weekly cornerback versus wide receiver thing. And uh, other than that, I do the 
Sunday night in the Thursday night DFS articles, but uh, yeah, podcast with me and John McKechnie is all I do otherwise, really. Awesome. Dan, Theo, guys, appreciate you in the chat. Guys, check out the uh, FFPC uh, weekly challenge, 35 bucks, 200 bucks. Well, win, win yourself a bit of money. Maybe your team's not uh, fully in it uh, as we go into week six. Guys, enjoy the game tonight. Big matchup. Hopefully you get the points you need to get the Ws. Theo, who do we have coming up, brother? Uh, so tomorrow I'll be on during the day at some point for the OG live wire, going over the waiver wire options. Then tomorrow night um, at 9 p.m. Eastern time, we will be on with Billy Wazowski and Biplap Mandel, uh, two very, very successful uh, high-stake uh, managers. Bip and I have a about-to-be-four-and-one main event team, so he agreed to come back on the district. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, it'll be an excellent pod. We had Michael Edelman and Matt Modica for the first one. This is our second one, so this should be more of the same. It'll be a lot of, a lot of fantasy goodness, um, so we're excited about that one. Shout out to 1912 and those videos, man. Keep them coming. I, lo I love those things. We'll use them any way we can. We appreciate your creativity. Shout out to the Listener League. Guys, we appreciate you guys, and we'll check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. 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 And I always be traded. 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 And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Bait